Stratford's right once more to uh, link up with uh, our friend in Latin America. That's uh, John Bonfilio, who's in the uh, southern part of uh, Mexico. Uh, John, a very good evening to you. Hey, Martin. How are you? Not too bad. We've got a bit of a delay on the line, but we'll uh, we'll do what we can, John. Uh, I know there's a, a huge issue there where you are in uh, southern Mexico at the moment. Uh, the Mayan train or Mayan train. Tell me uh, all about that, John. Yeah, it's causing a lot of civil uproar here. Um, essentially, there's the I guess the flagship um, signature project for the federal administration for the current uh, government in, in Mexico is this Mayan train, which is, uh, on the face of it, going to circumnavigate the whole of the Yucatan Peninsula uh, to move tourists around away from just what is often known as the Mayan Riviera, but obviously going to cause mass ecological uh, damage and also social damage because there are lots of different indigenous remote communities that live in, in, in this area. But in particular, the, the southern jungle of Mexico is the second biggest contiguous jungle outside of the Amazon. And this train line is going to plow uh, a line right through the middle of it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's quite famous, isn't it? I mean, people talk about, uh, tell me about the whole sort of history uh, of the, the, the Mayan uh, civilization, if you like, and, uh, you know, the Mayan tradition. Is it Mayan or Mayan? Um, I mean, I, I guess it, it depends on which language you're pronouncing it in. In Spanish, it'd be Maya, in, in English, Mayan. But but the Mayans had uh, had a very developed civilization uh, leading up to probably you know the late Mayan period was in the 15th, 14th, 15th century. But you know you're looking at a period of uh, you know 500 to 1000 BC, and then the classic Mayan period would be. Um, in and around sort of 600 AD, 800 AD and so on, and a massively developed um, infrastructure and economy and exchanges and, you know, measuring uh, by uh, by the stars, uh, etc. And then the the floor fell out of the universe. But uh, but essentially, to, to my mind, I mean, there's, there's still obviously archaeological sites being discovered across the, the region, the, the Yucatan Peninsula, and it stretches right down into Central America. But really, the whole area is replete. I mean, I've, I've journeyed through various parts of the jungle, and you'll just come across in the middle of nowhere, you know, where people haven't walked for hundreds of years. You'll just come across mine walls, mine buildings, anything that's a small hill. You can bet your bottom dollar or, or pound or penny that there's some kind of construction um, under there, and that's actually another major problem uh, about the actual physicality of the of the construction of the mine train is the archaeological damage that it's going to do, but also the fact that it's it's going to be built on limestone, which has a lot of what are called cenotes here, which are sinkholes, um, and there's constant cavings in on any kind of infrastructure, and it's a major problem which has actually been highlighted by the government authorities um, themselves but but in particular the problem is one of land rights and indigenous rights and it's not unique to the mine train standard policy with with um with big international companies and governments is basically to to get consultation often they'll say oh we've consulted x community but actually it'll be done by internet by email it'll be done in spanish a lot of these communities don't speak spanish they still still speak hybridized mine languages and so on and then they'll say oh yeah no the community is all in favor and then let's just plow a hole right through it there's another famous example at the moment with a massive solar plant 
in the Yucatan where 200,000 solar panels are just going to take out 700 hectares of jungle. And it's demonstrably true that the communities which this is going to be planted on top of are not in favour of this. But according to, to the energy companies, to the renewables um, that, are, that are driving this forward, they're, they're completely in favour of it. And it's, it's such a shame because renewables should be, you know, the hope for the future in terms of climate change. But sadly, a lot of these major companies have a real ethical void um, at their heart. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, another story that I know is uh, exercising, um, well, exercising the world as well as Latin America at the moment, is the fact that you're now the uh, the new centre of, um, of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. But in the midst of all that, and we know what's happened in Brazil, which is horrendous. Um, you've got two, two small countries, Uruguay and Paraguay. Uh, and I think we spoke about Paraguay a week or two ago. They've sort of bucked the trend and um, they can... They, could actually claim to have defeated the virus. Yeah, it, it's important to, to scrabble onto any good bits of news story, isn't it, as far as yeah, you know, coronavirus is, is concerned. And, and Uruguay and Paraguay, two of the smallest countries in, in Latin America, certainly uh, up until the moment have done really well with Uruguay, only 25 registered deaths in Paraguay, 13. And also interesting because they're very different countries. So Uruguay has the lowest poverty index in in Latin America. Paraguay has a really high poverty index. Uruguay is traditionally kind of quite progressive. Paraguay more militaristic. And also the fact that they've managed to achieve this low infection rate with two completely different strategies. Uruguay has just gone crazy for testing. I mean, the only other country in Latin America that's done this in the same way is, is Cuba. And Uruguay is, is running 1,600 tests per infection, which may sound like a random figure, but you compare that 1,600 tests per infection to the UK running 20 tests per infection. Uh, and Paraguay, on the other hand, has basically militarized and sealed its borders. I mean, both have borders with Brazil, and obviously we know about the problems uh, of Brazil. And Paraguay sort of sealed itself in very early on. I know we, we spoke about, uh, you know, Ronaldinho a few times in the past about illegally mm. crossing into Paraguay. No chance of him doing that now. No, absolutely not, with the borders uh, sealed there. Well, one other story I uh, spotted, John, this week was the, uh, you know, we talk about the cartels quite a bit. Um, a Mexican cartel leader who's um, known for brutal retribution against his enemies has apparently appeared in a video on social media fighting back tears after authorities uh, arrested his mother. His name's uh, Jose Yepes, if I'm pronouncing it right, who's known as The Hammer. I don't think it's because he supports West Ham. Um, he's known as Jose The Hammer Yepes, um, leader of the Santa Rosa de Lima cartel. Are you familiar with this chap? Um, yeah, it's there are memes going around all over the place, and 24 hours later, he was captured by by the authorities, and there are jokes left, right, and centre now um, about um, the way to deal with the cartels is to go out and arrest all of the all of the kingpins' mothers and forcing them to to do <laughs> live recordings, um, you know, uh, weeping weeping away. It's a very small cartel in north central uh, Mexico, which is. Uh, predominantly made its money from illegal tapping of fuel rather than from from narcotics and it suffers from from being at the center of a, a i guess a kind of perfect storm in that there's a much bigger cartel which is really on the rise to the to the west which uh, is kind of encroached on its territory uh, the, the new jalisco generation cartel um which actually today tried to do a hit on the on the most senior police officer in in mexico city just this morning 
Um, mm. And also, the president has kind of pinned his colours to the mast in terms of doing away with all illegal tapping of, of fuel in Mexico, which is, a, which is a big deal in terms of, you know, illicit money-making and parallel economies. So he was arrested actually 24 hours after he released this, you know, this, this teary-eyed this teary-eyed video. So um, who knows what's going to happen with that particular cartel, but I would have thought that that's the end of that. And then this other much bigger cartel has has moved into uh, has moved into its territory and cartel kingpins everywhere are hiding their mothers now. Uh, wars between the cartels, these drug wars and, you know, the endless killings and such like. Do you just learn to live with, you know, if you live where, where you are in, in southern Mexico, do you just learn to live with that sort of thing uh, or is it just remote from you? It's very regional. So, I mean, Mexico is a really big country with a lot of different areas and there are routes of, um, you know, of drug flow that go up into into the US. Certain areas that, you know, are really fraught with with crime and, and difficulty. But there's also a lot of states in Mexico that have a lower crime rate than, say, the UK. Uh, I mean, I'll often say, you know, I, I feel safer here than I would say in a in an average sized US city. Uh, there are certainly areas of Mexico that I, I wouldn't you know, I'd, I'd say best to be avoided at certain times of, of, of the night, perhaps in, in particular. But largely speaking, I think, you know, most people who have any kind of experience with uh, with Mexico outside of troubled areas are, are going to have are going to experience significantly less less crime and problems than you would do in any sort of um, Western economy. For sure, there are parallel um, systems in place here, like I wouldn't necessarily you know, trust the police maybe in the way that I would in, in another country. So I wouldn't automatically go to the police if something happened, etc. But I think in any country in which you live or, or grow up, you take certain things for granted, which you're shocked about in other countries. I remember a Mexican family who went to live in Switzerland, some friends of mine who came back after a month because they said they couldn't stand the order and punctuality of everything. They said it was driving them crazy. <laughs> That's Switzerland for you. Um, the, the only sort of disorderly thing in Switzerland is the fact they do sell you triangular chocolate in uh, Toblerone, which will take the skin off the roof of your mouth. That's the uh, that's their one bit of rebellion, the uh, the Swiss. Well, look, John, thanks uh, ever so much for uh, joining us. Do appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we can uh, talk again next week. All right, take care, Martin. Cheers, John. Uh, John Bonfilio there in uh, southern Mexico. Uh, Martin Kelly.